Today's guest has recently made the transition from an admin role to a cloud engineer position. The two things I want you to listen out for are his experience with the bootcamp, were they positive, were they negative, and his advice for those who might be considering taking a bootcamp to break into the cloud. The second thing I want you to listen out for is really special. It's all about how he was able to leverage his current position in an admin capacity to a cloud engineer position in the same company. This is something that I believe more people need to look out for in how to actually transition within a company rather than, you know, applying to a new company to become a cloud engineer. Make sure you subscribe to this channel. And if you want some more free content on actionable steps you can take to get into the cloud, just go to thecloudcareermentor.com where and just sign up to our free newsletter. And yeah, let's jump right into it. Hello, Peter. Welcome to the show. How are you yeah, doing? Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited for you to share your journey. I think you're relatively new in the cloud industry. So I think you still have like really fresh perspective of sort of getting into the industry, which I think our listeners would find very interesting. So I guess we could just jump right in, you know, tell me all about how you got into the cloud, what you were doing before, what the process was, and yeah, what's uh, your story? Yeah, so I um, I was still within like DWP, like within the civil service, but I was in like an operational role. So like administering claims and paying them and stuff like that. But then after that, I was leading a team that was doing the exact thing. But tech was always that thing that I wanted to get into. But it's just whenever I was looking at jobs, you needed five years experience and, you know, stuff like that. Or you need a degree and it's just, it seemed impossible to get into, to be honest. What it was, that the reason why sort of adverts for AWS were coming up on my phone and stuff like that is... Um, I kept on having conversations with my wife about wanting to get into tech and stuff. And I think Facebook sort of advert. Your phone was listening. <laughs> yeah. And then a sort of boot camp sort of provider for AWS courses pops up on my sort of suggested ads and stuff. So it's one sort of time that I didn't actually mind it. So then, yeah, I got in touch with them and they sort of provided me with what they can offer and stuff like that. And obviously, because I was quite new to everything back then, I took every sort of word verbatim because they were offering sort of 60 grand jobs and stuff like that. Looking back now, I could have taken it with a pinch of salt. But yeah, so that, that's how I sort of got into things. If I could just pause right there, because I feel like that's a really important point to underscore. And that's, that's why I, I try to get across where it's, Maybe can you share some of the messaging and they were saying like, what, what did they say you could do and in what timeline? So pretty much it was initially sold to me as classes kind of thing. Like there was nothing about exams um, mm. sort of thing. So it's just, oh, you come to our boot camp and that's it. Like you're good to go. And then they always try and sort of tell you, oh, this, there may be hundreds of people that do these things, but because there's one person that lands like a 50K job or something, it's like, that's their selling point. That's the case so study. They, yeah. They were telling me, oh yeah, this this one person that, you know, done the exact same course has now got a 60 grand job, you know, within X amount of weeks of completing it. Wow. Uh, it seems like the golden ticket kind of thing. And I remember when I was applying for jobs, it's like, well, I have to apply for solution architect jobs because that's the certificate kind of thing. Like, no other roles are actually explained to you, nothing other than 
the AWS technology is explained to you. So it's as though, you know, I've, I've done the course, so I know everything, I'm going to be a martyr. Yeah, I, I think this is one of the sort of messages that try to come across because I've spoken to a couple of people who've done similar boot camps. And, you know, the key message I want any of my listeners to know if you're looking to get into AWS is that being a solutions architect, you need three to five years actual real world experience. More realistic roles are cloud engineer roles or DevOps engineer roles. Those are the more the entry level kind of roles. And even those, I'd say you, you need a lot more than just AWS skills to get there. And what I would say is that don't expect, if you're in the UK, don't expect £60,000 starting salary. I mean, it's possible, but most times it's between sort of 35 to 45. That's what I've seen. Maybe some more, maybe less, depending on where you are. And in America, I'm sure it's like, I don't know, sixty dollars to $70,000 or whatever. But no, thanks for sharing that. So, you know, you, you, you did the bootcamp. Did you do any certifications as part of the bootcamp? Yeah, so it was all the way through from uh, cloud practitioner to solutions architect professional. That's what was sort of covered. So you pay quite a big like fee for it kind of thing. Um, yeah. And one of their main selling points is you get unlimited resets and stuff like that. Um, mm. But obviously, it's, you've, you've paid for it kind of thing. It's, you know... <laughs> it's factored so, yeah, into the hefty price. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And yeah, so where did you go from there? You did the certifications. What happens next? Um, so then, yeah, once that was done, obviously I thought I was good to go and started applying for roles. And it was just sort of, uh, you can always tell by the email where it says, thank you for applying for this role, sort of thing, that uh, you haven't got it. So after a few months of that, I um, luckily I work in like a large organization that has sort of, cloud infrastructure within it anyway and i'd i'd say most places do these days anyway even if you're working you know at tesco or something like that or jd sports Mm. wherever you work it's always worth sort of reaching out to the sort of digital department on linkedin so i sort of reached out internally through like our um, teams kind of thing um just reached out to the head of cloud just said I need to like I want to get some experience for my CV. Um, I've sort of realised that uh, certificates don't really cut it, and um, they laughed at me when they said, "What do you want to be?" And I said, "A solution architect." They were like, "Look, with all the respect, you're, you're not going to get there." So they a few months passed. I sat an interview for like a, a junior engineer sort of thing, and luckily I, I got it. Um, so that's how I sort of ended up where I. It's more about who you're connecting with, to be honest. And um, how long did it take from when you say you did the certification to when you got the role as a cloud engineer? How long did that take? Six months. Six months, yeah. And I think I think that you're quite lucky in terms of the fact that you're within a larger organization that yeah. we're able to take you on. But I also think that's what that shows is really good initiative on your part because you notice that, okay, we have an AWS arm because I think for junior people, it's probably easier to transition within your company already because, yeah. you know, they can get references. They know who you are. It's, it's just cleaner for everybody. So I'd encourage, you know, if you're in a big company, unless you have some certifications or unless you've done 
some work with AWS, you know, try reaching out to people, the cloud division in your company and just start talking to them, see if there are any roles available. I usually tell people who were in your situation that connect with people in the cloud team on LinkedIn, maybe tell them about your progress, show interest, and that way you get on their radar. And so when the opportunity comes up, like it did for you, then you'd be first in mind. But yeah, no, I think congrats on, on showing that initiative and and getting in because without that, it probably could have taken you like a year or two. But yeah. Uh, no, and one, yeah, one thing that I would always say as well is um, before I actually approached anyone, I asked my manager to do it. And every time I sort of asked for an update, it just fell on death doors. So like the one mm. thing to sort of take away is like, if you if you don't buy a ticket, you're not going to like, even though they're directors or managers, whatever, like they're still human. Just give give them a message, give them an email, whatever. Yeah. And one thing about people in the cloud industry, I know from myself and the people I've worked with is we're always looking for um, talented people or people with initiative. And I think the sad thing about this whole bootcamp situation and the wider cloud training in general is that every job I've worked in, the number one thing on the manager's mind is we need more good people. You know, we need talented people, but there's a disparity between the people who are applying for the roles and the roles. And that's because a lot of these boot camps and stuff, I don't think they really give people the right skills. They just focus on AWS. But what I say, you need Linux, you need some scripting, you need at least to understand CICD. You know, there, there's so many Terraform. These are the sort of things that just yeah. help you stand out a little bit more than just AWS certifications. Yeah, exactly. That. So I, I think that's great. Thanks for sharing. So, you know, you, you've, you've kind of shared how you got your first cloud job. How different was it like when you started? Because you've been in it for, I, I believe, a couple of months now. How different is it from what you were expecting? So obviously the only sort of experience I did have was like through courses and stuff. And the the one good thing about doing courses is you like can sort of keep up in conversations. That's the one good thing I would take away from doing courses. But when it actually comes to like, okay, but this is, you know, can you deliver this and stuff? And, you know, there's still, I'd still sit there today and think, how the hell am I going to, like, it takes me, like, a while to sort of figure <laughs> something out. Or, like, if something keeps failing when I'm trying to sort of push it up into GitLab and stuff, that's not talked to mm. you, like, and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, it's very different. And everything that I know about my job now and, like, my proficiency in my job, I've, I've learned so, by doing yeah, no, I think that that makes sense. You know, I mentor a couple of people who are looking to get into the cloud and sometimes they come to me frustrated. They're like, I spent, you know, like four hours on this. I'm like, welcome to the club. That's the price of entry. You know, we all have to go through that. Like we all have, to... there's so many times when I spent hours looking at the script only to realize I forgot like a comma or something and nothing yeah. works. Yeah. So yeah, I think just having the ability to sit with a problem and focus on it for hours at a time is a skill in itself. And yeah, that's that's basically that's everyone, that's just how it is. <laughs> and no no one really tells you that. Like, so you feel like, oh, is there something wrong with me? Nah, that's just that's just yeah. the game. To be honest, because I I came from an operational background, if things weren't done correctly the first time or properly, it meant you know, it could mean someone's going without money or something like that, or you know, mm. there's something's happening that shouldn't be. 
So when, like, I remember the first time I sort of pushed something up and it was like, oh, it's it's fouled. And, and it's honestly, like, it, my heart sort of sank and stuff. Mm. And, like, I, I like I had a meltdown kind of thing. And it's not until, like, I've been there a while now and it's like, okay, it's fouled. But then when it fouls the next time, but it's something different, it means you've made progress and stuff like that. Like, yeah. it's okay to foul. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, I love when like I get an error and then I do something and then I get a different error because yeah. I know, okay, I've solved the first error. So like you say, that's <laughs> progress as well, which is always, <laughs> which is always good news. So what tasks do you do on a day-to-day basis? Because again, I want people to have a good idea of what like a cloud engineer type of day looks like. You know, you're creating pipelines, are you writing scripts? What kind of things do you do? Um, yeah, so a lot of mine is creating pipelines, looking after the sort of AWS organizations and like IAM and stuff like that, and, mm. and administrating uh, uh, permission sets, um, creating permission sets, changing um, things like that. And yeah, so that's what I, I can't exactly go into loads and loads of detail and stuff. But yeah, on, that's pretty much what I do. So yeah, it's 1% of it would actually be on the management console, to be honest. Mm. And do you do a lot of, because I guess what people like to know is, you know, because when you're learning, you're usually in the in the management console. Would you say you're using more infrastructure as code versus console? Like, how would you say the split is? I'd say it's 95% code, yeah. Yeah. And I'm guessing, you know, that's something like Terraform or CloudFormation. Do you program in Python? Yeah, so there's a, there's a few languages. Um, Terraform is like That's the main one, but yeah, there is Python as well. It it sort of it depends on the task kind of thing, but yeah, there are yeah. Like multiple languages. There, yeah. The reason I ask is because one of the big questions I usually get is, do I need to know how to to program to be a cloud engineer? And what I say to people is that for the most part, you could probably get away with just understanding the basics like if you have the attitude to learn on the job yeah and you know depending on on where you work because different companies do things differently some companies it's all just management console there's no cicd there's nothing fancy whereas others they're more advanced you know they have all the cicd the terraform aws organizations so if someone asks you the question do i need to learn how to code to be successful how would you answer that yeah I'd say yes. You know, even if your company, <laughs> yeah. even if the company that you're working for doesn't use it, if you're then looking to progress into a wider organization or something, and you know everything, how to paint something, but you haven't got any paint with you, you know, you're not going to be hired. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And even what I tell people is that you need to not be averse to learning how to code because I think you can actually get away with not knowing how to code that much at the early stages. But then what you find out is that you hit a plateau where you can't go beyond a certain point because if you can't program, then automation is difficult. And if you can't automate or if you don't know how to speak programming talk, if you don't understand how the pieces fit together, you can't really talk to the developers. You can't really engage with them to create the infrastructure they need. And I remember early in my career, you know, I knew a little bit of coding when I got my first job, but we didn't, I didn't really use it that much. But then on the side, I was always creating projects with Python and Django. And I found that just elevated my understanding of how the application interacted with the infrastructure. 
because I think a lot of people forget that you're not just doing AWS in a vacuum. There's usually some sort of applications you're supporting or other things where you might not be the one creating the application, but you need to understand how it interacts with the database and how it interacts with the other AWS services you're provisioning. Well, that, that's the thing. And, you know, most organizations, if it's large enough, would have like a, a sort of on-call schedule. Mm. You know, where you're going to be, so if you're on call and you're called out, you're going to be running off something that's just on a run book. So it may not be something on your team, but you're going to need to know the basics of how to get about it, things like that. And yeah, you know, there's most organizations as well aren't just AWS. There's, you know, there's some are multi cloud because it suits their needs. You know, like Azure has the Active Directory that you can use and stuff like that. And mm. it's not just, you just need to learn the management console. There's a lot. Yeah, and just to clarify some industry jargon right there, uh, Peter mentioned runbooks. And what runbooks are is just like a list of what to do in a certain situation. So step one, step two, step three. So that's that's what a runbook is, just to clarify for some listeners. <laughs> Apologies. Um, no, thanks. Like, <laughs> like <a set> of <laughs> no, no, it's, no that, that's understandable. What actions or attributes do you think have helped you the most in your career just not being afraid to put myself out there i think you know not just having the attitude of the worst someone can say is no Mm. and just i think you've got to want it as well like you can go on all these boot camps and stuff and be like yeah i'm doing it kind of thing and i'm guaranteed it but once you're done with it like you've still got to persevere you can't just like you need to there's a difference of like there's a difference of going to school because you want to or because you're forced to sort of thing. I just want to underline that because I think that's so important because I, I talk to so many people who want to get into the cloud. And I think a lot of people, are they love the idea of working in the cloud, but I don't think they quite have the stomach for the reality of it. Because, yeah. you know, like, you know, it's, it's not easy. Like you have to spend hours troubleshooting. You have to do challenging tasks. And I think I kind of blame like a lot of the boot camps and and a lot of the marketing around it because even AWS, they make it seem so easy. They make it seem so easy. Like, yeah, you could just swan into a six-figure job. And that's one of the reasons I I set up this podcast is to actually talk to real people in the industry doing it because the reality is quite different from the marketing, shall we say. Yeah, it's it's that and it's, made out as though you can just sort of make this fantastic app on AWS within five minutes and it's all perfect and there's no kind yeah. of idea or anything <laughs> and it's you know like it's just so different and yeah like you have to spend you just need to get used to getting things wrong really mm. like yeah. the biggest no, easiest way I, to I, learn is from your mistakes yeah and the easiest way to learn is just doing projects because I think a big thing people do is they just follow along with like you know youtube tutorials or whatever and what you find is that if you have your own idea for a project and then you try to execute it that's when because it's, it's easy to know what to do when someone's sort of giving you the instructions but once it's something new it's a bit of an unknown then that's i think that's where the real learning is and even a lot of the times with the people i mentor i just give them a task i'm like do this and, you know, then let me know how you get on. And then, you know, we could come back because when you just have a video to follow, of course, it seems easy. 
So that, I think that works. Yeah, I think, yeah, having the, the perseverance is very important. Also knowing, I think just knowing that it's challenging, I think yeah. that puts a lot of pressure off because, you know, you don't feel like, oh, is it me? Am I not cut out for this? So I just want to reassure people that, you know, it's hard for everyone. Uh, it's, I'm a senior solutions architect, been in the industry for five plus years, and it's still hard because the more senior you go, the bigger the challenges become. And now you're put in charge of big budgets where depending on what decision you make, it could cost hundreds of thousands of pounds or make hundreds of thousands. So, you know, that's even added pressure. Is this for those, you know, if you like a challenge, if you like figuring things out, cloud is for you. If you want an easy life, there's easier careers out there. <laughs> there's easier mm-hmm. careers out there. Now, th- thanks a lot for sharing all these, all your experience. I think it's going to be really helpful you know, what do you enjoy the most? Yeah, or rather, that's a bit of a leading question. What are your thoughts about a cloud career? Now that, you know, you've been in it for a couple of months, you know, what are your thoughts on it? Pros and cons? It's a very rewarding career. And it's great seeing things like passing and working and passing all the tests and things like that. However, if you're working so far back in terms of like the seven layers and things like that, and you're, you know, you're, it's hard to sort of realize what you're actually doing. Uh, I don't know if that makes mm. sense, like how your job actually makes a difference kind of thing. But when you sort of look at the bigger picture, you, you realize that actually, yeah, you know, without sort of cloud infrastructure, you know, I've, I had it described to me as like, we build the houses and then the like development units, paint them and decorate them and things like that. And so without one, you can't do the other. So it's definitely like very rewarding and, you know, no two days are the same. There's always something to think about, which is great. And I've I've become a lot more comfortable in my role where I would actually troubleshoot something rather than, you know, like run into the, my little buddy straight away <laughs> kind of thing, which I used to do as soon as there was yeah. a bit of red text or something. Um, it takes time. Yeah, that's definitely a, a rite of passage in terms of, you know, getting that confidence to begin troubleshooting yourself. Uh, Cause the, yeah, the instinct is just to run to like a more senior member of the team. So yeah, that's, that, that's really good insight. What do you think is the biggest misconception about getting your first job in the cloud or developing as a cloud engineer? The more badges you have, the more sort of recruiters you'll have knocking on your door. I saw this analogy on LinkedIn where it was like, would you want a, bu- a pilot that's flew a Boeing for 700 plus hours or would you want a pilot that's flown all different types of planes for, for five hours each or something? And it's like just specializing in one area is absolutely fine. Like if you're going for an actual proper interview, when it be, you know, because I'm not trying to sort of slate all recruiters and stuff, but the recruiters aren't normally technical they're being paid to hire someone for a role so if you've got an actual interview with like a hiring technical manager and stuff they will want to know about your knowledge of a lot of different areas and not just how many badges you've got against your name on linkedin i think yeah as as someone who's hired people like i don't really care about the badges that much and i have like um i have a theory on certifications and this is it like before you get a job it's okay to get the cloud practitioner and it's okay to get the solutions architect. Nothing more. Focus more on the hands-on skill. Once you actually have a job and once you've done like, you know, a year of experience, 
then I see you can start going for the other badges because you're, you're getting the hands on on a daily basis at work. Now you can augment your knowledge. So technologies you might not work on on a daily basis, you can use the certifications to learn more about them. And so I say like, you know, after a year or two, you get those certifications. By the time you get to the more senior level, then you're worrying about other things. You know, you're worrying about how to write documentation, how to communicate with stakeholders. So I say, you know, once, you, once you're a year, maybe two years in, then amass the certifications. And this is coming from someone who has like nine certifications. So don't worry about the badges. Make sure, focus more on the hands-on if you're looking to get a job. Projects, wins, 100% of the time. Yeah, because interviewers um, always want to know about how you've done a certain thing, you know, how you've handled situations. Yeah, because that's the thing. They're hiring you to do something. They're hiring you to solve a problem. They're not hiring you for, you know, for, for the certification. You know, I think we've had a really good conversation and, we're, you know, we're about to wrap up here. Before we go, are there any sort of final words of wisdom for someone maybe, you know, think of yourself right before you sign up to that boot camp? What would you do different if you had, if you could go back and do it all again? How would you approach getting your first job differently? So if I rewind the clock completely, mm. I would just go on to AWS Skill Builder, do the courses mm. on there. I would, there's a, there's a game that you can play on there actually, which is quite good, um, where you can build things and stuff like that as you go along. I wouldn't worry about getting like with a boot camp and stuff, you gain nothing extra that you wouldn't get out of studying for yourself. There are so many good sort of little like mentors on LinkedIn, YouTube and things like that that will give you like information. The only good thing about a boot camp is they will present it in a in a PowerPoint. Um, yeah. That, that is it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I wouldn't spend apart from the getting the certificates, I would not spend money learning when because it is there for free. And yeah. I wouldn't worry like I wish I knew about the different jobs because I, I didn't know what like an engineer was and stuff like that. I was just told that a solution architect is a job. So mm. yeah, I, I just wish yeah. I knew things that I do then. I think that's great. And yeah, especially when it comes to like thousands of pounds, which, which is what yeah. I've heard from other people, because, you know, I've taken, I've taken paid courses before, you know, I've, to learn like Python and to learn other things, but Definitely not, not thousands of pounds. And I think I'm, maybe I'm going to have another episode where I talk about what to look for. If you do need a bootcamp, because some people need that structure, there's certain things that make a good bootcamp from a bad bootcamp. For example, you know, if the focus, but then you might, you might not even know it till, till after you're in. So yeah, that, that's going to be a conversation for another time. But no, thanks, Peter, for coming on. Is there, if anyone wants to connect with you, you know, do you, do you accept requests? Where, where would be the best way for them to, yeah, yeah, to reach out? Yeah, anybody that sort of requests to connect with me on LinkedIn, I, I feel like and I sort of accept. Even the people that are offering me all the courses, I reply to saying, hi, no thanks. So yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you get them as well. All the different people saying we, we provide this and that. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, you know, just send me a message or whatever. Um, it's absolutely fine. Sounds good. All right, and I'll, I'll put I'll put your LinkedIn in the in the show notes, so yeah, people can reach out if they want to. But yeah, yeah sure. thanks for the time, Peter. And yeah, we'll we'll catch up later. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been lovely. So yeah, have a good evening. You too. Before you go. 
Don't forget to leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. I really enjoy reading the comments. Maybe say why you listen to this podcast or what you gain from it. It will really help other people find us. Thank you. And I'll see you in the next one.